When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to ESPN Scrum Reset. We're back after a short delay, I guess, uh, a lot getting in the way of a few things and also a bit of podcast movement. Now, Christy Doran, uh, mate, you're a, you're a man of many talents and you're now also a man of many podcasts. Um, we've lost you exclusively uh, for ESPN Scrum Reset this year. Uh, you picked up the Raw Rugby Pod as well, alongside Matt Tamua, which is a, a nice get and a nice get. Uh, rather, and uh, I'm looking forward to, to hearing that one. But of course, you're still going to come on here and deliver your great takes and insights uh, for us here at SBN, right? Yeah, I certainly will be. It, it was a bit of a domino effect, much like the coaching realm that always huh. happens at the end of a, a four-year World Cup cycle. But the, one of the great things about ESPN coming in 2024, and hopefully I'm not going to let the genie out of the bottle too much, but there's going to be a bit more of a studio feel to it, I think. And, and that'll allow us to speak about rugby in a different lens and, and perhaps um, speak about it and show it with pictures. And I, I think that it's going to come together really well. And look, I just want to see you and talk to you every Monday, Bruce. That's the other thing. It's uh, it's a partnership we've developed over the last couple of years. It's, it's probably one of the longer partnerships in Australian rugby at the moment. There doesn't seem to be more than a week or two where, where everything else changes. So it's good to have some familiarity consistency with you. Yes, we're going to be in HD light, mate. Can you believe it? In the uh, the new ESPN studio, which um, is about eighteen months behind schedule, uh, if you can believe it. Uh, and I was told today that um, the latest hiccup is uh, sorting the three way power. So I don't know what that means. Um, it's a nice little space uh, on the lot, on the now Disney Studios lot here in Sydney, uh, just next door to Allianz Stadium, uh, where of course we'll. We'll return in three weeks' time for a Waratahs team that um, is really under pressure early in the season and hasn't even begun. So uh, we'll come to them later and, and hopefully, yes, be able to see you uh, in just a little bit more polish and uh, a nice little set that's in there. And uh, there's a few more whiz, bang, and uh, just yeah, all around, I, I guess, style, uh, which is not probably a word that many people would associate with you or I, but um, we will be heading in that direction uh, before too long, touch wood. Uh, all right, mate, uh, tonight, uh, Monday night, a week of kickoff. Um, it's obviously been a, a pretty torrid build-up to Super Rugby Pacific Mark Three with everything that's going down in Melbourne. We, we're going to tackle that at a later date, probably next week ahead of Super Round because you kind of feel that that is uh, a massive week for um, rugby in Victoria and rugby in Australia on the whole. So we won't get too bogged down on that, but stay tuned uh, for next week on that one. Let's talk uh, the teams fronting up for this year, of course, Defending champions, the Crusaders uh, beat the Chiefs on the road last year to round out that amazing dynasty of Scott Robertson, Richie Moonga, and, and Sam Whitelock. We know they're not going to be around, um, so it's going to be a massive changeover in Christchurch. But let's go to the top of the list and the Blues, because they've also been uh, equally hit by, I guess, post-World Cup departures. We know Leon McDonald has joined Scott Robertson's coaching staff with the All Blacks. Of course, Bowden Barrett is taking a sabbatical in Japan. Um, so they're going to have a new look about them, aren't they? Um, but I tend to think this might be the year that the Blues can actually get it together. 
Well, there's been lots of false dawns, much like Australian rugby. There's a bit of a synergy, isn't there, between the Blues and Australian rugby. Every kind of second year, you have a fair bit of hope about them, and, and notoriously, they let you down. I, I, I was I was behind the Blues last year. I thought that was their year with Liam McDonald being there, Bowden Barrett uh, at 10, uh, and, and I thought they had a nice balance to them, but they probably didn't have enough muscle in the tight five, and I think in the second row, and that's an area where they've just been hit hard with with Patrick Tupolotu, who fortunately, yeah. I think his, his broken jaw is not as bad as what they thought. About mi- middle of the competition as opposed to sort of two-thirds of the competition, I believe. Yeah, so that that hurts immediately. And and one of the things that I think we'll see this year is if you look right across the board of New Zealand rugby, there's a couple of massive outs in the second row stocks from Brody Retallick at the Chiefs, Sam Whitelock, as you mentioned, uh, and, and the list goes and extends to the back rows with the Sam Haynes and the Peter Guth's tools. So we could go on and on about that. We know the Blues have got a new coach, Vern Cotter, international, proven, experience. He was with Fiji, a bit of the forgotten man in coaching, in the coaching space, isn't he? It really was interesting how that all unfolded. It never appeared to be all that settled. Um, of course, Simon Rabalui coming in and doing such a fantastic job during the World Cup, transitioning from that uh, director of rugby role last year. But yeah, Vern, um, I, I guess all returning to where it all started for him after, you know, many years in Europe too with, uh, I believe, Clement there for a while and then Scotland. And he was probably the coach that laid the groundwork for this Scottish, I guess, um, you know, improvement um, under Gregor Townsend. So um, he's a he's a coach with a wealth of experience and, and a bit of a hard nut too. Yeah, and that's one thing he's known as, being hard. And I think that Blues side almost needs it, don't, don't yep. they? There's... Uh, and leadership is a big one for them, but we know that there's plenty of explosive dynamism, power, speed out wide, and you look at guys like the Rico and Akira Yuani, they're, they're the sorts of people you think of. Mark Talia, wasn't he the fine? I know that he, he played Super Rugby before, but he just blew Super Rugby away, continued that form right the way throughout the Rugby World Cup last year. If he continued with that form, wow. Caleb Clark, we know that he's another guy that wasn't necessarily front and centre of the All Blacks campaign last year, but he looks like he's he is super fit looking. Seen a little bit of his work in the trials, uh, looks quality. Uh, it comes down to me, Stephen Perifetta, a, a time for him to step up, having kind of lent on and been able to not coast through games, but not have the pressure, the decision making on him like Bowden Barrett. Uh, had it's a big time for him he's played a couple of all blacks tests time to stamp his authority and actually show that he is a first five that can challenge a Damian McKenzie or indeed a Bowden Barrett in the number 10 position later on in the year he's he's at that point in time where there's been years of investment now it's got to come to fruition out in the field I do wonder whether Scott Robertson now in his uh, dimension as all blacks coach uh, will have given uh, Hoskins, Satutu, and Akira Yuani, a bit of a rev up because these two guys were, were in that All Blacks team there a couple of years ago. Uh, Satutu really burst on, on the scene. We all thought he yeah. was probably going to be the future number eight and a bit of a Zinzan Brook clone, if you like. Um, but it really hasn't kicked on. And Akira Yuani in a similar mold, uh, just a freakish ability in open field, uh, tackle shredding, um, a real power house up front so um i'm looking for big seasons from those two and also anton segner there in the second row the uh, i think he's german born originally who came out to school in new zealand has been wraps on him for the last couple of years and 
A few games last year, he looked like a really rangy second rower, so perhaps stepping into that role. But of course, um, no Patrick Tuipilutu there for about half the season. So I've I've got them. I think probably I I think third for me. I I'm not going to go as quite as high. I just think that the absence of Bowden Barrett, one or two of the players up front in the tight fires, a new coach. You don't often see coaches come in and immediately hit the ground running. It often takes a year or two to find their feet, to get the right squad balance that they want. One thing that they do have is an Andrew Hall, who's their CEO, who's been there since 2020, since he left the Tars. And that allows for a bit more succession planning with both roster and coaching team. So I don't think the, the wheels will, will come off. I just see them at around that fourth or fifth. They'll be tough to, tough to, uh, to beat at home. That they will. Uh, the Chiefs. Sorry, the Brumbies. Um, let's go to Canberra now. Um, I guess a team that's, I won't say flown under the radar. I think there's been so much attention on the Rebels as, as we've spoken about. And obviously the Waratahs trial form and everyone loves to, to kick New South Wales when they're down. Um, and the Reds, obviously a new coach and, and how good they've looked. Uh, there's a little bit of, you know, just doing their own thing as they do down there in Canberra. Um, there's been off field whispers, but, um, a couple of bits of probably reasonably irresponsible reporting um, uh, along the way as well in terms of their longer-term future. Um, but I, it just it kind of feels like this might be the year for the Brumbies for me. I, I I like the roster stability. I like the fact that Stephen Larkham's still there and missed out on this Wallabies job. I think that's actually a great move, as we probably spoke about, and Joe Schmidt is going to come right in the frame with, with Dan McKellar in two years' time, you would think. And particularly if he can win a Super Rugby title in the next two years. Yeah, this is Stephen Larkham's biggest year, I think, as a coach. And I say that because he's now lost Laurie Fisher. And, and only a year before that, he'd obviously inherited from Dan McKellar. And once upon a time, McKellar, Laurie Fisher, uh, Stephen Larkham were working as a trio. That's no longer the case. So I, I think... This is where he steps up and he has authority over the program. The The team knows what he's about. And there's been questions all along around communication styles to whether or not he has the vision, he's able to kind of bring it all to place. We'll find out now. It's not just uh, Laurie Fisher that's exited the club as well. Uh, Dan Palmer, who's regarded as one of the, the great scrum coaches in Australia at the moment, just joined McKellar up north too. And whilst Palmer's reputation may have not been helped by joining Eddie Jones's coaching team last year, where he was doing the line out as well, he's he's supremely good and detailed and knows his stuff. So uh, good luck to the guys like Ben Mowen coming in on, on board. Um, but that's a challenge that Larkin will have to navigate. And if he comes through with flying colours, wow, all of a sudden there's another real coaching candidate uh, to take over perhaps the Wallabies for one day. And that's what Australian rugby desperately needs, more guys with trophies in the cabinet. Uh, I think, yeah, the stability of their roster is their great hallmark this side, this year. They've only really lost Nick White and and Pete Sato. And we know that Ryan Lonergan is a supremely capable nine who's got leadership capabilities who captain the side in the absence of Alan Alatoa in the first half of the season, you'd imagine. Uh, and then the back row, uh, that's an area of strength from the Brumbies. And, and they can perhaps manage the loss of Pete Sama, who's one of been one of the most effective Super Open players in the last five years. So when you guys have got Charlie 
Cale's coming into it. The Rory Scott's of the world. We know Tom Hooper from last year. Luke Reimar is going to get a really upgrade opportunity at seven. And he's probably one of the guys that if I'm thinking of five players I highlight this year to keep an eye out, it's Luke Reimar. Absolute on-baller. Probably the best presence and presents the best picture of an open-side flanker in Australia when he's getting on the ball. And he's just got that ability to make match-turning plays. And that's not something that you can say too much about a lot of players in Australian rugby at the moment. So I like that. I love the fact Ryan Lonigan's at nine, passes cleanly off the deck, goal kicks. Uh, and I like his combination with with Noel Olaceo, Jack Debrizzini coming back from a foot injury. So he might miss the first week. But once you have two out-and-out tens who can could uh, very much play international rugby, the, probably one of the best second rows in the competition, maybe the best second row with Caden Neville, uh, Nick Frost, and Darcy Swain, who's another guy I expect to have a really big year off the back of last year. And we haven't even mentioned their hooker depth, Tom Wright at fullback, Lenny Katow, a couple of guys who were notable uh, admissions for the World Cup campaign last year. So I have them to make the final. I think they can take it out. Uh, but the big one for me is just around the coaching dynamics. Yeah, pretty very well covered, mate. Um, a, a couple of things there I will mention. If you haven't seen or read uh, Brittany Mitchell's interview with Darcy Swain on SBN last week, go and seek it out. Uh, a guy we've he's probably got a fair uh, and justified rap uh, that hangs over his head, particularly from from people who in New Zealand who don't believe he's the um, uh, the nicest uh, rugby character out there after that incident with Quinta Pye there and let us low one a couple of years ago. Um, I think he's got a big point to prove. Um, we know how effective he can be in the mall um, defensively in particular and, and how that was missed by the Wallabies in France last year. Um, and then the big one, I mate, the only person I think you admitted there was Tom Hooper. Um, how does he kick on again from a year that he had last year? Um, as you mentioned, that back row of of uh, Reimer or, or Scott fighting out for that seven, Valentini at eight, and you've got to think that Hooper is the six there, and that's a really nice blend, I think, of of a ball carrier, an on-baller at the breakdown, and and a real kind of hard defensive um, player in, in Hooper who can also carry, and, and he's also a threat over the ball himself. So I think that'll be a, a key for them this year if they can get that right. Um, a big year for Tom Hooper ahead. I think when you listen back to the tape, you'll find I, I brushed over it. I did say his name, but I, I didn't uh, I didn't highlight it to the extent you have. Great call, great personality, and we know that the Brumbies' strength is up front, but this, you know, they, they have the ability to play a couple of different ways now, and that's the exciting thing. There was probably one area where I think that they're still fractionally weak. It's maybe at inside centre. Samani Tua is a reasonable player, but we saw yep. defensively he was caught out a couple of times last year, and at, and at times his hands can let him down too. Good call, good call. Uh, the Chiefs, um, they're probably, you, you look at this team or you look at the coaching situation, and I know the Highlanders have still retained Clark Dermody, but you've got to think that Jamie Joseph will come in and, and change things around down there considerably. We'll, we'll come to them shortly, but... Chiefs, uh, the Kiwi team who have retained their coach, of course, Clayton McMillan, still there. They've got Damian McKenzie at 10, so they're stable in that front. But then you look at the list of players who, who have gone. You mentioned big Peter Gus, so a cooler earlier, Brady Retallick, Sam Kane. Um, so there's a list of names there. And then you look, think of the breakout stars of last year, like Sean Stevenson, Sam Penny, Finau, uh, Moni Narawa, who I think has just been injured, uh, so may miss a couple of weeks to, to start the season. But 
Um, uh, this uh, the Chiefs are my tip to win it this year. I, I tipped the Crusaders last year, so if you you want to get on a good thing, you'll probably follow my advice here and and get on the Chiefs. Um, but this is it's Damian McKenzie's moment. Yeah, yeah, and that's a that's a reasonable shout. I I would say that the Chiefs' back line is the most explosive in world rugby, or sorry, in Super Rugby, and that's the thing that excites me about them. Uh, you're right to 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 make mention of Quintapire. That's a really exciting one, isn't it? To come back and yep. quality quality player, um, Damian McKenzie. Time to shine. He's got a couple of other guys that are really quality tens or can jump into different positions if necessary, like a Joshuani. Yep. Um, and, and the, the thing that concerns me about them is the experience that they've now lost in that forward pack and. Yes, they've got Sammy Sony Tokiaho, who I think is just so destructive in Super Rugby. Uh, uh, probably, I wouldn't say took a step back, but um, they went with 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 Ian Foster's coaching team last year. Went with the experience of a Cody Taylor or a Dane Coles and walked in a knot, which made it tougher for Sammy Sony. But I just think when you're losing Sam Kane, Peter Gas. Um, Brody Ritalik, that's three guys in your forward pack that it's really difficult to replace because their starting players, not really just at uh, at a super rugby level, but also an international perspective. And Brad Weber, he was a co-captain in previous years too. So that's another big out, I think. Yep. Massively, massively. Uh, they just, uh, they felt like they, I don't know, obviously they ran into a Crusaders team that knows how they how to do the business at, uh, finals time in particular, uh, three yellow cards in that decider didn't help. And you think back to that long range Damian McKenzie penalty, which could have shifted the the ending there slightly. But um, yeah, they were as close as you can come without without winning uh, winning the trophy. Only one loss during the regular season, uh, and then that one to the Blues. So um, yeah, I think they'll go one better this year. Um, whether that is uh, in another final with the Crusaders, um, of course, Rob Penny. Uh, is now in Christchurch, uh, the man that Waratahs fans um, probably won't remember too fondly. I, I tend to think he probably got a fairly rough deal there um, with how that situation, that transition was managed and Daryl Gibson's extension and then walking out halfway through and also a departing CEO across a number of um, issues the club was having at that time. But they're another team that's, as we mentioned off the top, uh, hit hard by departures, uh, Moonga. Whitelock, Lester Fanganuku, and Jack Goodhue as well. They've managed to bring back a couple of the old stages in in uh, Owen Franks and, and Ryan Crotty. I think Crotty is a, a really nice fit for that team in the way that he will add that experience. And and Franks, while not potentially being the same powerhouse scrummager he was a few years ago, will really add into the depths that they've got up front. Um, I don't know. They've got, uh, is it Fergus Burke? I think um, he's out injured for sort of two thirds of the competition. So a couple of young tens coming in there, Rohana and um, the other one escapes me. So there's going to be certainly some pressure on those two young kids to start with, uh, but big raps on this nine as well. Uh, Noah Hotham, who will uh, get a bit of time alongside Willie Hines and, and Mitchell Drummond throughout the year. It's not the same squad as years gone by for mine. I think it lacks depth and um, there's certainly going to be some, you know, not a culture change, but Rob Penny will want to do things his own way. Um, they'll be your finals team for me, but I, I haven't got them on the final of the game of the season. 
Yeah, and there's so many questions and feelings running through when you think of Rob Penny and how he ended up at the Crusaders. And it, it, there's a deeper discussion that you could easily have here around Australian rugby coaching and, and pathways and the structures that that a guy like Rob Penny gets thrown out five rounds into a, his second year, yet then finds himself as the man tasked with ensuring that the Crusaders' legacy continues and he's back at the most successful provincial team in the, in the world, in the Crusaders. Uh, the other team I think you were looking for there was Taha Kermara, who I don't know a whole lot of, I must no. admit, but I, I spoke to a friend of the pod, Liam Napier, a friend of ESPN, and Indeed. he 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 filled me in about him a little bit with Roy Hana, and he actually made mention of the possibility of, of a David Havili jumping in at 10 uh, if necessary. We know that Lee Halfpenny went down injured I think it was against Munster recently yep. in, in one of their first Super Rugby trials. So After getting like, getting through his first Harker with such distinction as well. <laughs> it was, uh, yes, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a memory for him to last a lifetime. But they, yeah, the odds are probably stacked against them and it will be another huge almighty task and it will go to show what, how, how, how much of a juggernaut the Crusaders are if they're able to make another final. Given that, if you were to probably say the mo- two most influential players in Super Rugby last year, Moana would definitely be up there, and I think Whitelock would be up there uh, too. And everyone knows that. Well, they're like. they're probably probably two of the most influential players in Super Rugby history. Yeah, yeah, indeed. And and Richie Moana should go down as perhaps the greatest ever Super Rugby player. Maybe not the most influential from a, a fan's perspective, um, given that the love that people have had for. Uh, the the Christian Cullens and uh, of the world, um, you know the Jonah Lonos, of course the Joe Ross, but Moana and what he managed to accomplish there was just simply incredible. And the idea of Sam Whitelock playing through injury and going against the orders of an Ian Foster, I, I just love that. But yeah, uh, where are they going to end up? They've still got some class, you know. Scott Barrett's there. Will Jordan, if he's fit, is still there. Um, we know that uh, there's a guy, a young guy. George Bell coming through uh, up front. So they've definitely, you know, Ethan Blackhatter has had a kind of injury trouble two years. If he can find his way onto the onto the park and stay fit, he'll be all right and, and the Crusaders will grow a leg as well. I I think they might scrape into a semi-final, um, but anything more than that will be truly, yeah, I think, astonishing given the guys that they've lost and and another new coach as well as no Jason Ryan there who we can't uh understate his value. Scott Hansen as well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, yeah, we all know the value of, of deputies. Uh you can't just have the sheriff around the sheds. You need the deputies as well. Um the Drua, uh, I think probably everyone's second team um out there, uh behind your own uh your own number one outfit. Um just uh, created uh, some much-needed atmosphere for the competition last year, didn't they, with those six games between Lautoka and, and Suva. Um, they, they're they there again. Uh, by all indications are that the, there'll be rinse repeat. And an interesting anecdote I, I saw on, on social media recently is that you see not a lot of, um, well, certainly not a lot, but you see more Drua jerseys around Fiji than, than Fiji jerseys. So it's amazing how quickly I think that team has, has really resonated um, at a provincial level uh, in Fiji and, and just, uh, I guess, one that they can support week to week as opposed to 
you know, five, six times a year or as it was a sort of 10 t- times last year with the World Cup, clearly. But um, they've got a lot of roster stability as well, only sort of four or five new faces. Um, but one that um, watchers of the Junior World Championship might have seen last year, Isaiah uh, Armstrong Ravula. Uh, let me just check. I've got that correct. Yes. Um, kind of uh, played a lot of his uh, grow formative rugby through in New Zealand, um, and it's, but has opted to to uh, hitch his wagon to Fiji moving forward um, and was a star of that under-20s World Cup in, in South Africa last year. Um, B raps on this kid, has played a little bit of uh, Mitre 10 Cup back in New Zealand. Um, he's going to offer a little bit of depth there, clearly with Caleb Mutz uh, out with that ACL injury that was such a hard luck story in the week of, of World Cup kickoff last year. Also... I think Kimu Valentini there, um, Rob's, is it brother or cousin? I think he's cousin. Yeah, cousin. So um, I, I like the look of their roster. I still think they're probably going to str- struggle away from home. Um, but if they win their six home games, and that's a challenge in itself, and maybe pick up one, even two games on the road, they'll be right there in that uh, sort of positions five through eight for mine. And and I think, look, just will bring that flavour, that atmosphere um, that the competition, you know, so desperately needs as it kind of goes through a, a difficult period. I'll tell you what, I love the homework that you've done there, Bruce, you, uh, with, with, uh, Armstrong, uh, Ravulua. Um, that's brilliant. It's first class from you. That's why you're the host. Uh, <laughs> I, oh, I think the Drua will, the biggest thing that they'll get from last year, I think is confidence. Yep. Knowing that they're on the right track, knowing that how much of a force they are at home, like, who would have predicted that they took down the Crusaders in the first couple of weeks? They back it up by beating sides uh, routinely. I think they pushed the Blues all the way until the end. Beat the Hurricanes, yep. Beat the Hurricanes. They will cause a lot of sides trouble. Uh, we know that they made the quarterfinals last year. Mick Byrne, once again, got a contract re- uh, extension to stay there. I think that's a, that's a good thing for their development as well, continuity. Uh, uh I'm I'm curious to see how they travel on the road. I think it'll be an almighty effort. They can improve from where they were, but it is it's a tough competition, isn't it? So where you see them finishing up, I think they probably that snare that sixth or seventh spot. And if they can get Jad one or two wins along the way, uh, away from home, they'll they'll be there there and amongst it. They've got some quality players like Tavita, you can't have already, but the hooker. Quality. I love him. I love the way he plays. Imagine, I'm throwing it out there. If he was in Australian rugby, he'd be playing for the Wallabies. He's he's consistent. His throw is good. He carries supremely well. He's good at scrum. Um, we know that Meli uh, Delarangi was there. He's the captain again. He was at Super yep. Rugby launch last week. Um, they've got, uh, of course, a couple of quality halfbacks. Um, Frank Lamani, and then also uh, is it Simone Giravalu? Giravalu, the, the thorn in the Wallaby side at Saint Etienne. Exactly. So, look, this is a side that's got internationals little to over them, and they will take on the Australian sides, knowing that they've taken uh, they've beaten the Wallabies last year at a World Cup, snapped a sixty-nine year drought. That can only empower them, and, and all power to them because they're the they are the best thing that's happened to Super Rugby since probably the early 2000s. Agreed, agreed. That'd be a wonderful addition. Just having that two o'clock game on a Saturday afternoon too, just uh, I love that early start, you know, no matter 
whether you, you got some other things on, you can probably multitask there. I know you, you'll be doing a bit of dad time on, on Saturdays this year, mate, as will I. So um, you just appreciate that extra game. So look forward to those from Lautoka and Suba. It's just the colour, isn't it? It's the flavour, it's the colour. It's, it's so pleasing to see stadium or stadia or grounds that are full. And you just don't see that enough across Super Rugby at the moment. Uh, and it's another example of, imagine if you had a, a stadium with 50,000 people and you, I reckon they'd do a pretty good job of filling it, but it probably wouldn't have the same atmosphere as it does where they can get 15,000 in there to Churchill or wherever it is and, and it is just pumping. It certainly is. Can't wait to see uh, them back in Fiji this year. The Force, um, Simon Cron, uh, a two-year contract extension announced last week through to 2026. Um, I'd say you'd be disappointed, and I know you've spoken with him recently of, of how things unfolded last year. Recognise that there was a need to, I guess, start to learn a little bit more about this squad, where the holes were, where um, they needed the most attention in terms of their, their personnel. A few cultural pieces as well. Uh, you probably say they're still recovering from, you know, being... Uh, omitted from Super Rugby there at the end of 2017, the heartache they went through with that into the COVID years into Super Rugby AU and and just kind of, I guess, re-establishing the platforms that they had in the, the first 10 years of their existence. Um, obviously, the two big acquisitions last year are Nick White and Ben Donaldson, but the player I'm stoked to see again over there in the West is, is Sam Spink. Yeah, good player. Good 13, solid, isn't he? And he's the guy that straightens the line. He almost runs those, those Adam Ashley Cooper lines, doesn't he? And and that's that's so, so crucial. Uh, I think you're probably... You, you, you're, showing, you're showing that you're a former halfback by just going straight to the halves combination and not perhaps giving the credit where it's due up front, you know, I think... That's where they needed to bring up, uh, bring in a few guys, and and hopefully one day it's players from Australia, particularly more and more from Perth. Great to see Carlo Tadano back to start the year. He's a guy I also expect to have a belter. Um, he came over to Sydney with a bit of an ego, got a reality check, Thank went you. to Italy, and he's come back and he looks a much better player, and he looks harder. Looks like he's been playing for a few years as opposed to straight out of schoolboy rugby, um, but. Uh, Tom Franklin, he's going to give him a harder edge. If Isaac Roddick can get back, and, and he's, he's shown some good signs. He's just recently said that he's feeling confident, that he's got more mobility in his foot than he's had in a long, long time. If those guys, alongside Jeremy Williams, can play regularly, it'll give them the foundations that is necessary uh, to, to stand up in rugby games and be counted because... Yeah, what, what what do you make of that uh, selection of Jeremy Williams as captain? Love it. I think it's the best thing that they could have done because oh, I think Michael Wells is a good fella, but he's too intense. I think he's too intense. I don't think he had the charisma that you might need for uh, to be a, a suit or to be a captain. Full stop. We we often heard him in post match interviews, whether or not on TV or uh, in the press conference rooms, where he's too negative. They would have won a game for the first time in six weeks and it would just harp on the negative sides of where the performances need to improve. To me, that that's just a way to bring everyone down a notch. But he's a good player, uh, Michael Wells, and, and hopefully he can just get back to playing regularly, be happy. Uh, he's got a young child himself. 
Um, so his focus has probably shifted. Good luck to him. But it's it's also up front in the in the front row. You've got Ashley Lolly who's come over. He didn't have a great first match uh, against the Reds where he got sin pin for a, for a high shot, but he'll give him some starch. Uh, Harry Cooper's come over. Um, Faletti Kaitutu, I think he he had a, a really strong ITM cup um, over in New Zealand, and I okay. think that'll that'll help him because he kind of just went off the rails a little bit the last 24 months where he had become a wallaby. I think he got handed the captaincy at the wrong time. Agreed. Uh, and we're going to see some of these guys start to come through, but back to Jeremy Williams, he's a 23 year old. I, I just like the fact that it's, it's, it's turning a new page. It's not saying just because you're the most, you're the oldest, you're the most experienced that you should get captaincy. It's no, it's, it's we're fresh, we're vibrant, we're a place that we should go to. And this is why a lot of player uh, agents at the moment are perhaps sending their players to the force or having players think about going to the force because it's it's showing some vibrancy that it hasn't shown for a long, long time. It's not stale now. Simon Cron, the coach, second year, his fingerprints are going to start to come on over it a little bit more. Uh, so I think they're going to have a good year. Uh, options at nine, options at ten, uh, and they've got a Rajan Pasatoa who's back. Max Beery's got pace about him, and they will challenge Ben Donaldson uh, if indeed he gets first crack at number ten. And it would be remiss for us not to make mention of Harry Potter, out, uh, mm. won a title with Premiership winner. Tigers. Yeah, and uh, I think there's um, uh, Rohan Lee. I think his name is uh, under twenties. Yep quality young kid who has got pace and finishing ability. So I like some of their prospects coming through. Are they a year short? Maybe, but I can see them. They'll make the finals this year. I'm certain about that. Yeah, you want to see them scrapping for those positions, probably six through eight, um, as it was last year. Uh, lost their last two games of the season after beating the Brumbies when the Brumbies rested those players, which ironically it probably ended up costing them a, a home semifinal. Um, but yes, I agree. You want to see the force trending upwards this year. Uh, it's a better looking squad, a more balanced squad. I, I agree with you around the, the switch in captaincy. Probably Jeremy Williams probably caught me by surprise, but I agree Wells wasn't the man to go around again. So uh, a big uh, year of improvement, hopefully coming for the force. Uh, well, he was also, he was also, I think, the most improved force player last year, which is a great sign um, because he didn't get a huge amount of opportunities at the... Waratah, oh, Jed Holloway was there, and um, Ned Hannigan, and and other guys that were really hybrids. That because Jeremy Williams was so young, wasn't getting that that consistent opportunity. He he's made every post a winner since going over there. One to watch this year, indeed. Highlanders, as we mentioned earlier. Now I must admit, I made the mistake of uh, I forgot I had forgotten that Clark Dermody was still there and hadn't been shown the door. That Jamie Joseph was returning uh, just in a director of rugby roles. So thanks to the punter who gave me a shout out on that on ESPN Scrum Socials. I'm sure it was polite. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, no, it was actually was one of the more polite ones you get, not being called a effing idiot uh, and going to, to report on um, on Marvels as I did many years ago at Fox Sports in <laughs> one of my early years, which was a nice bit of feedback. Um, but we digress. Uh, look, they, they're going to struggle again, aren't they, the Highlanders at, I mean, I know there's there's a lot of debate around whether Australia's got the depth to have five franchises right now, and it's it's on the money for my mind. But 
I tell you what, if the drain continues in New Zealand, um, I can't see how the Highlanders get back to competing against the other four teams. And, and Clark Dermot even made mention of that last year. He called for a, potentially a redistribution of talent from the other squads that, that wasn't being used. Um, I mean, I look at their roster again. There's there's not a lot to, to like about it, but Aaron Smith and, and Shannon Frizzell are obviously gone. Um, Freddie Burns, they've replaced with another, uh, well, uh, Brit um, in Reese Patchell from Wales. Um, there's just no real com- commanding figures in this team for mine. Um, and I think they're, they're going to struggle. Uh, once again, I, I hopeful our Fakatava gets back uh, to his best there from a couple of years ago. I think those back-to-back knee ACL um, injuries he suffered really kind of thwarted his progress last year. Uh, so he's a player I'll be keeping an eye on. But, um, yeah, I think they're going to slip further. I think they might even be headed for the bottom two, the Islanders. Yeah, that, uh, I'll get to who I think might finish in the bottom two later on. Um, but they will be there, there amongst it for sure. And... You're right around the uh, concern around depth in New Zealand rugby, and it's one of the reasons why people uh, in New Zealand rugby themselves are questioning whether or not Moana Pacifica is the right adventure for them to have because it's just diluted them even further. We know that less players from Fiji are coming over to, to play in New yep. Zealand for that uh, very reason because they can play for the drawer and, and it's a great pathway. They can stay on islands uh, and... and and live out their rugby dream. They've got a great little sound or a great big foundation in Ethan to Groot, Jermaine Ainsley. They're two of the better props going around, two of the uh, probably one of the better front row combinations. But outside of that, they're so thin. They just, uh, much like the Western Force over the last couple of years, uh, like perhaps uh, the Rebels in, in recent years, they don't have depth. They get one or two injuries. They they they'll put those guys like you Groots out there for fifty five minutes most weeks. And if they're not there, or if they pick up an injury, they've got nothing behind them. And it's a rebuilding mission for them. I, I too had kind of worked forgotten for a month or two that that Jamie Joseph was wasn't the, the head coach. But I'm sure he's going to be extremely influential. He's probably the perfect person that you can bring back, having eight years experience, knowing. Um, Otago, the region, knowing the super rugby dynamics, having the command because he managed to bring a, a Highlander side. Remember, they finished right at the bottom, I think, in 2013 or, or, or there thereabouts. And then within two years, they win the super rugby title, um, winning in 2015 uh, over, over the Hurricanes. And obviously, they upset the Waratahs in, in that semi final over here in Sydney. So, Yep, um, Fakatawa quality player. Uh, they do have a Sam Gilbert, who's 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 a reasonable um, young player, a, a good boot. Um, one guy that they have brought over, who's a quality player, he is. Uh, and I, I'm not going to pronounce this right at all, but Timoki. Yeah, I haven't heard it enough recently to be able to say it, but he's a wrecking ball out wide. And think about him under the roof. In in uh, at Four Spa Stadium at, at Dunedin, he's going to be. Uh, if he gets a, an inch, he'll run a mile. I like him a lot. Jonah Norecki, another good player. So Billy Harmon's going to captain him. I like his personality. I think he's upbeat. He's he goes hard at the ball. He's one of those tough guys that will keep the team together. But yeah, it's a long year. I think ahead for them. 
Yeah, they probably need a new cult hero. It's been a few years since Oasaki uh, Nahola. So how, what they can come up with uh, for Tavatavanawa, who was such a presence for Minor Pacifica the last couple of years and one of two big uh, departures for them. Uh, Hurricanes now, um, I don't know how you go about uh, replacing a guy like Artie Sevilla. I don't think it's possible. Um, just a phenomenal presence at Super Rugby and at test level and a, a worthy winner of World Rugby's Player of the Year Award finally last year, and, and it really should have been back-to-back yeah, in my mind. Um, but we won't talk too much about that. He's obviously um, won't be there this year. One year away, we'll be back for the All Blacks later in the year. Um, Brad Shields, though, returns from from England. It's a, it's amazing how this this global rugby world of ours works right now. Um, that, um, you know, in theory, after a couple of years, I think Shields could probably even re- represent the All Blacks. Now, I don't foresee that happening. Um, given the depths uh, in the back row there, but he's a he's a big inclusion for them this year. Uh, you've got Cam Roygaard, uh, who will be buoyed by his performances at the World Cup. TJ Perinara coming back as well there. So interesting how that's going to work in a, in a one-two punch at, at number nine there. Um, they've still got plenty of power in that back line, obviously built around Geordie Barrett at number 12. Uh, and then power up front with this new array of, of back row talent coming through in, in guys like Devin Flanders and Peter Lafay and um, one other name who I'm forgetting right now. Um, they're a team. I, I think they can actually push for the top four this year, the Hurricanes, despite the loss of Artie Seville. Yeah, they're well balanced, aren't they? They're right throughout the squad and guys like Xavier and Mamua, um, I start for Mamua. Like, that's power. That's rule power. That's explosiveness. And on their day, they can just... They can scrum right through you. Um, Brad Shields, good fella. I like him. Um, enjoyed his taste of rugby under Eddie Jones. Uh, it was nice to touch base with him when when I was over there last week uh, alongside your colleague, Britt Mitchell, at the, the Super Rugby launch in, in Auckland. It was a cracking day. Probably the only time I've ever seen Auckland sunny, which ah. um, generally when I'm over there, it's in the, in the middle of winter and it's black and... The Wallabies are getting pumped. It's uh, even 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 darker at Eden Park. Yeah. Oh yeah, but it's it's a well balanced squad. There, there, there's a couple of other guys that I really like. Duplessis Karifi. I've, I've just always thought he's really hard on Paula. Like him, like him a lot. Um, Braden uh, is it IOC? Yosef, Yosef. Yeah, he yeah, was the other one. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's he's quality and he's only going to get better. Um, Jordy Barrett, a lot will depend on him, I think, in terms of just bringing the balance and the shape to the side. He obviously can cover so many positions, and when you've got someone like him who can do that, it just allows you to, um, uh, when you get an injury or two, you can just move him in, and you know you're going to be settled, and it's going to be fine. So, yeah, they're 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 a good they're a good team. Um, new coach, Mark Laidall, uh, yes. Yeah, so that'll be fascinating. Is, is Laidall the former Sevens coach? Former former Sevens coach who uh, succeeded uh, Gordon Chechens there for, I think, about a five, six-year period. Uh, won a couple of World Series there, brought through a number of talented young players. So, yeah, interesting how he makes the switch from, from Sevens uh, into Fifteens. Yeah, and I, look, there's going to be a discussion at some point around this, around who should... Take, uh, who should be the next Waratahs coach and, and maybe it's sooner rather than later but I don't think Tim Walsh would be exploring that but I know that John Manetti is desperate to, to coach in Super Rugby and, and he's a guy that had success with Eastwood previously and 
uh, is clearly coaching the men's sevens program at the moment. So that's a fascinating one to see how a sevens coach returns and adapts to the 15s. And maybe they even are able to bring some innovation to the 15s game. And, and that's another thing. The Hurricanes love using the ball. Uh, so I'm fascinated to see how they go. Yeah, yeah. I think they're, they're going to trend upwards. Mind on a Pacifica, uh, we won't spend too much time on them because we've kind of already... Uh, we mentioned Tavadavanoi, but the massive one, uh, Levi Olmua, uh, has gone to the Crusaders. Now, make about what you will, um, but there's, there are a couple of departures there that, that as you alluded to earlier, um, it's just raising questions around what exactly is the goal up here with Minor Pacifica. Now, um, we saw Miracle Firelagi come through from Samoa last year. It was picked up at a, a training camp on island there. That was fantastic. Um, a tough year for them they did finish the season with a bang with a win over just a woeful Waratahs team in in Sydney but I think with everything else going on the talk around a potential 10 team super rugby competition uh on the table whether that's a way forward given what's happening with the Rebels um they have had a venue a home venue change I think minor they're going to play at a North Harvest Stadium potentially this year as opposed to uh the home of the Warriors there Mount, Mount, Smart. Mount Smart, thank you. Um, look, I, I, I see them struggling. I, th- I think they're headed for, for 12th, and I think, you know, questions are only going to continue to be raised around what is the, I, I guess, the goal, the strategic um, play here for this team, and, and does it have a place in Super Rugby moving forward? I agree. It, it looks like a really tough year for them, and everyone you keep speaking to at the moment, and there's been whispers around, much like there has been for the Rebels, there's been whispers around Moana Pacifica and perhaps returning to Super Rugby 10 for, for quite a while. And, um, who, you know, New Zealand rugby's pumping money into them at the moment, World Rugby's supporting them. But uh, could that be a better place? Because I, I spoke to uh, David Moffat, the, the former New Zealand rugby CEO, was um, with uh, the National Rugby League at one point in time, as well as Wales, and he made the astute point, I think, that both New Zealand and Australia have to look at their own backyards for a little while because things are rapidly getting out of hand, and what they're left with, unless they address some of these uh, inadequacies right across the program, will be fascinating. Um, uh, Moana Pacifica need to play more games at home. It's great that they're playing a, a game or two. Uh, I think it's in, in... One in Tonga this year. Yeah, and that is the distinct advantage that the Fiji Drua have at the moment. And Moana Pacifica are not getting that at the moment. And it, it, it's, it blows my mind that they weren't playing more games there to begin with. And I know that it's a, it's, it's a wider Pacific side that this is looked at and it's good to have a home training base and, and where would you otherwise, but it, it's, it's, it's almost having a, a foot in each camp at the moment. It's just not working for them. Um, they've got Tana Romano as their new head coach. That'll be interesting to play out. He has much more experience. And I spoke to Scotty Wiseman to a few weeks back and, and he said, and I was speaking to him around coaching and I'm going to write a story eventually um, uh, around uh, Australian rugby coaching where it's at. He said, one of the great things New Zealand rugby does is it doesn't just shoot its coaches. It doesn't just fire if things don't always work out. And we know that Tana Romanga didn't originally work out necessarily as a Blues head coach, but what did he do? Just shuffle back to the assistant, yeah. Went as assistant, and now with New Zealand rugby still kind of uh, in charge, I suppose, of the minor Pacifica, he's found another spot elsewhere. 
And that's what Australian rugby needs to be doing more of rather than just casting off coaches willy-nilly because you're left with no one or rookies or, or, or former players perhaps that haven't got the experience that that uh, a lot of the better coaches get to before they become super rugby coaches. So I, I think at least they've got a, a guy that will have that real manner about them. He'll have a huge amount of respect um, and... Good luck to them. Um, William Havili, I, I like him as a player. They've got some guys with some r- real potential, but it's it's the conditioning, it's the depth um, challenges that they have and probably just the consistency more than anything. They, they, they played pretty well against the Waratahs to smash them in Sydney at the end of last year, albeit the Tars were horrendous. But but Christian Leleofano brought back the years. Um, but the fact that he's still your 10 at, at whatever age he is, I know Johnny Sexton led on into a, a World Cup, but I, I think they need to start looking to their next generation if indeed um, Moana Pacifica is going to be there for a little bit. Yeah, I think you'll see them you know, front up every second or third week and, and give teams a real run, but along the way they'll equally be some some blowouts, sadly, for them. Rebels, uh, the team we've mentioned a couple of times already tonight, um, clearly a lot going on in Melbourne. That It almost seems day on day things get worse, although we did hear today that at least uh, tickets were going on sale this afternoon. This is Monday night. We're, we're recording this. went on sale at 3 p.m. Uh, 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 an agreement with the stadium organisers and I think particularly officials rather and particularly the caterers down there um, so that you know, they would let the Rebels play there um, despite the debts that are owing uh, to that particular party. We know about the ATO debts. Uh, directors also have dipped into their pockets, clearly. We're going to discuss just how this has gotten so bad at a later date, but probably next week. Um, but it's just sad because it kind of looks like a squad that after so many years of not kind of worked out really how they wanted to play and, and didn't have any local flavour and weren't trying to bring in the right players to to fit the environment, it kind of feels that Kevin Foote now has got all that right. And if ever the Rebels were going to, you know, really push for the finals and, and potentially even do something within the playoffs, that, that this was going to be the year. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 it's, a, it's a story situation, but it's been coming for so long, hasn't it? There's it, been a tipping point right across Australian rugby. And at the moment, the Rebels are, are the side in the firing line. Look, all, all roads do lead to them not being uh, in Super Rugby next year, just given the $20 million that they're in strife at the moment. But it's it's such a shame because at last they've stopped looking at sugar hit and they've stopped looking for that really quick fix, whether or not it be a, 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 a Danny Cipriani for a year or... James O'Connor, Curtly Beale. Yep. James O'Connor, quite, you know, even... A, to, and I've got a huge amount of respect for guys like Will Guinea, but... Will Genia for, for a year or two, or, or Quade Cooper indeed for just one year, and and you you don't generally find success and continual success when you're having to reinvigorate your your squad every second year. So uh, I know Kevin Foot a couple of years ago, and I spoke to him at the start of last year that they took a five year kind of step completely and had worked out that what they were doing was wrong and that they had to reassess and, and have a long-term strategy, which was sign guys on longer-term deals so that you could build things and, and have a runway. And and I think that they do have that now. Well, you look at that squad, that type five, their front row is probably maybe 
you know, on par with the Brumbies. Um, uh, they've got Taniela Tupo. They've got probably, you know, Sam Talakai, Pone Farmasili. That's, that's three international tight heads that they've got alone. You know, Matt Gibbon, Kobesi Ilos, you know, Jordan Walisi. The list goes on and on. Um, Josh Cannon, one of the most exciting young locks in Australian rugby at the, t- at the moment. Luke Ansalakai, Loto, bringing that experience. And then they've got guys like Angelo Smith and Equizani coming through. So they've got a pack that is now, should be perhaps not formidable, but, but pretty done. Oh, it's hard. And, yep. and yeah, and they've got a, a Carter Gordon who we're all eager to see how he responds off the back of last year, but they've got a guy like Carter Gordon who is it, who who had a very strong Super Rugby season that would hopefully kick on, uh, and, you know, and Andrew Callaway that's been there for three or four years now. So they had some building blocks in place with a pretty strong coaching structure, I think, that Nick uh, Styles has managed to bring together. But the difficult thing is going to be if they do get some injuries or if they don't get those early wins, how quickly the wheels fall off. I, I, and I was looking at their, their, their draw today um, in regards to some comments that Bill Wall made today at a, at a Rugby Australia press conference where he acknowledged that winning is one uh, one component to how they might, um, in terms of the decision-making regarding their future. And if, and if they manage to make some early wins, it's going to be a pretty bad look in the optics get rid of a successful side this year when you're looking for quality and have been building for where they are right now. But I look at this, their, their first six weeks and I think they could be targeting at least four wins and that's what they should be doing. My one at Pacifica, they've got the Waratahs, they've got the Reds, they've got the Brumbies at home first up. Uh, one of their probably tougher challenges is, is the Hurricanes, but I think that they can get minimum three wins in that, possibly four. And if they've got four from six to start the year, They'll be out there in the top five. Yeah, an emotional start this week. And that's going to be the interesting thing for me is how they, I guess they put the off-field stuff aside when they cross that white line. Um, we know that it's going to be a day-by-day prospect for them right now. And with everything that's going on, it's in the news cycle every day at the moment, which is almost unheard of. And the wider, the broader news cycle too, not just the rugby one developments uh, that are coming out of, of Melbourne. Um, but as I said, yeah, they... Where do you think they finish for the year? I've 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 got them. Uh, I think scrapping for sort of seventh or eighth. I I tend to think yeah that the draw has been kinder to them, but I just wonder if there are a couple of early defeats just where the season goes for them with everything else going on around them. Um, I love his shout shout around Josh Cannon, uh, Brad Wilkin. Um, you know, back again had such a an impact on the team last year and and obviously Carter Gordon as you mentioned with the with the additions of of Tupu and and Salah is the other big one right like how are you going to come back from those cup that one season at, at Northampton where um by reports he, he was playing very well so um yeah look in, intriguing year awaits and you just say to the people of, of Melbourne the, the sporting capital of the world that um you know uh, this is this is it, right? This is this is eleventh hour stuff. It doesn't get any more real than this. That uh, unless you turn up, this team will will go. Um, that is the cold hard reality. You've got this week to starting off at home, super round next week. I know you've been down to it. I haven't been able to to get down through its existence. Who knows what it's become of it going forward? But um, if ever you're going to take yourself along to Amy Park to cheer on the Rebels, then then these are the two weeks to do it. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree. And and you know, tickets are out. It's a, it's a good derby to look forward to. And as I was reminded by, well, as we were reminded by, Kevin Foot today, uh, it's personal and it's personal between Carter Gordon and Noel Olaseo as well. So that's a matchup in itself. That's got a bit of spice off the back of last year when when Noah scored and then yelled out Carter Gordon's name, having thought that he had uh, been looked over by. Uh, not just the Wallabies coaching structure, but also probably the Australian rugby fans too. So, yeah, pencil that one in. It should be fun. Yeah, forgotten about that. Good point. Uh, nice little sidebar there. All right, two to go. Uh, let's whip through them, Reds. Um, stability uh, in Queensland, right? Uh, obviously, a new coach in Les Is it? Let me explain. Stability off the field. Um, uh, let me uh, premise that. Uh Les Kiss, new coach, um, trial form has been strong and certainly that first half against the Waratahs there in Roma last week looked like an entirely different Reds team to the one we'd, we have seen the last couple of years. Um, you know, uh, stability in the squad though, that that is a big one and I put that to Harry Wilson when I spoke to him uh, sort of three or four weeks ago now around, uh, do you guys feel like you've underperformed with with these guys, this group of guys that you, you've had together and that you all kind of come through? At the same time, he said, "Well, well, yeah, you know, this, these, your McRights, your Wrights, your, your McDermott's, your Wilsons, your Paisamis, um, Pattaya, Campbell, etc. The list goes on. Um, we need to be hitting our straps, and we haven't. So, a, a lot of attention on them this year. Um, certainly, indications are they're going to move the ball a bit more than they did under Brad Thorne. Um, they were a, a gritty team that you never really thought um, we were going to." blow teams away and perhaps that was best evidenced by that heroic defensive effort against the Chiefs in in, uh, in Rotorua, I think it was last year or somewhere else other than, than Hamilton. Um, they had a good dig in games like that, but um, when they got behind early, they really didn't have the firepower or at least the maybe the cohesiveness and the setup and the structure to, to worry the bigger teams, the competition. But um, I can see them moving up the ladder this year. Yeah, well... Look, it's, uh, the rugby comps have never won in before a game of footy has been kicked and there's been a lot of positive publicity around the Queensland Reds and all the talk coming out of there is great. And our new coach, everyone's a bit more fresh. Les Kitts, uh, Queensland State of Origin, winger played for Kangaroos. It's all, all feeling really good. I, I think it'll be more difficult than it meets the eye, but I think that the Reds can, even if they don't necessarily go beyond a quarterfinal this year, I think there'll be progress in their game because I'd been pretty strong in it in recent years. I thought that players were plateauing and had plateaued and in fact probably even gone backwards and and, and yes, there were glimpses of Jordan Bataille with his cannon boot um, and the odd performance here or there which caught the eye. There was too many balls that were dropped, too many line breaks that weren't finished off. Uh, the scrum was a mess. The moor was horrific. Those sorts of things, I think there's a technical... Uh, Zane Hilton's quite a technical forwards coach. He's got a fair bit of experience. I think he'll add a lot. Um, but you're right. There, there is some stability. You know, you look at that back row and it's going to be Harry Wilson, Rosie um, McWright and, and Liam Wright. And then you've got a Sarah Uru who's either in the second row or, or really adds a lovely dimension in the back row, perhaps for a lean right at, at six. And he was even playing at seven for Australia A last year at times. Uh, and all the Barbarians, two or two. So they've got some some reasonable players. I think they're light on in the second row, which would concern me. 
Paul McDaly, the the Irishman, is is gone up there, but I just don't think that they've got enough muscle. Uh, one of the big issues for them has been letting go guys like your Harry Hawkins and your Darcy Swains, guys that come from Queensland that that have fallen and slipped through the cracks. They need to get those guys, sorts of guys, back, or indeed not lose them in the first place. Their front row, they've they've definitely stiffened up. They didn't have Taniola Tupo for a second last year, but they've brought in. Uh, they brought in Alex Hodgman uh, on the loose head side, Jeffrey Tumungarawan as well. Uh, both of them in line to play to make their official Super Rugby debuts this weekend, and they'll add a lot. Um, so at least they've got some experience that they brought in there. It'll be fascinating at ten. You know that, that's that's a battle between at the moment Tom Liner and Harry McLaughlin Phillips for the first week to see who plays there. Wouldn't surprise me if McLaughlin Phillips, just because he's played a bit more recently, gets first crack. Um, but we know that Tom Liner's the incumbent quality goal kicker, brilliant or really, really polished skill set for a guy who's might not even be 20 just yet. Uh, a lot will be determined, I think, on, on Hunter Paisami if he can stay fit because he's he has been a standout Australian rugby player in the trials so far, I think. Uh, was really destructive against the Waratahs in Roma, was probably the only good Reds player against um, the Force in the first week. Um, Jordan Pattaya is back. They've got some pace. Uh, Suli Vunavalu, we've seen glimpses of him as well just recently. Josh and Jock Campbell, he's another mover that can um, get back on the national radar, I think, as a fullback this year. I wouldn't be thinking they, they can make top five, but I think that they can consolidate themselves more in that, that sixth position. Uh, they only just scraped through the finals last year. I like the look and the feel but I still think they're a couple of years away. The player to watch when he eventually comes back, Massimo Delutis, I think his name is, the, the junior Wallabies tight head, who uh, he, he's he's a quality player who will be there for a long, long time to come. Yeah, yeah as I said earlier, I think it, they, they'll be uh, they'll offer more threats in attack last year and this year rather, and uh, as, as gritty as they were under Brad Thorne, it was never going to be enough to to really string wins together or, or be the bigger, better teams of the competition. I'm going to bring us into this next one because it's a perfect segue. Uh, Probably I, I, the only time I'll be able to do it and I'm already stuffing my lines, fluffing my lines. But the Waratahs, the Reds, first week, I think is really, really important. And it's especially important, I think, for the Waratahs. Uh, but if the Reds can get a first up win there, momentum is really, really crucial. Uh, but the task it's 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 I think their season it's a it's a huge call, but I think that they have to win this first game, uh, otherwise it'll be a really long year for them. Well, when you look at the Crusaders week two, and albeit it is in in Melbourne at, at Super Round, um, it's it's a tough start to the year, isn't it? Um, and, and they've they've just looked fairly pedestrian so far um, in their two. Trial defeats by the Rebels and the War as, and the Reds rather, and then a, a game uh, a bit part squad, mind you, against uh, Warringah and, and Manly up on the northern beaches here in Sydney over the weekend. But yeah, something just doesn't feel right at the Waratahs at the minute. I, I can't put my finger on it. Um, there, whether it's it's a bit of a uh, I don't want. I think they're all well and truly behind Darren Coleman. I don't know if there's something else going on off the paddock, but. Um, I, I was surprised by how um, ordinary they've been in those two trial games. Now, they're trying to make a bit of a play around it as being, oh, well, we've been good in the trials the last couple of years and then 
they're not really really hit the ground running, although they did give the Brumbies a really good game first up in Sydney last year. But um, yeah, it's it's a concern. Um, I, I don't know. Did you make it to the launch last week for the Waratahs? Um, what was the vibe like around there? Um, we know that there was the Herald article uh, sort of a couple of weeks ago now that said that uh, Darren Coleman had four games virtually to earn himself a, a contract extension. Um, so, yeah, if that is that hanging over them? Um, th- there's enough quality in the squad there to, to be competitive throughout the year for mine, but I, I can't see them pushing uh, for a top four. And I, I think, you know, they're probably on the slide to probably being in a scrap for, for seventh or eighth or missing the finals altogether. Yeah, I'm, I just think that their draw is really tough. I think they've got the toughest draw of all 12 sides, and that's mm. unfortunate for Darren Coleman, who's who's essentially uh, you know, resting on his side to, to deliver the goods in the first month. Otherwise, he might not be there. And that's... You can somewhat understand planning for the future because players want to know who they're playing under and, and, and coaches need to work out their futures too. I would have given him two months, so and and two to three months, because I know that Rugby Australia is in charge of them. They're going to have a huge say about who's the next head coach the Waratahs, regardless. Uh, and and I just think knowing how difficult their draw is, that 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 makes it all the more difficult. Uh, they've actually, I think, got a stronger squad. There's more depth, I think, in their squad this year than there was last year. They were so heavily reliant on Angus Bell. Uh, for whatever reason, the back line didn't click, and maybe that was because they were floating and 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 weren't quite sure around their tent. I think they are more sure about their tent. It's Tane Edwin to begin yep. with, and 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 we're going to see more of Jack Bowen and uh, Teddy Wilson as as the years uh, go. Um, but yeah, I think that they're you know guys like Isaiah Parisi, Alakai you know, Saketi. They're, they're, they're a couple of guys that can be really influential in, in the first couple of weeks. And if they manage to hit their straps and actually come out, and um, then then they might be able to flip the script on what we're currently talking about. But they're, 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 they're going to have to bring the aggression because I think Miles Amatissero, really good signing, but he's going to take a couple of years to get back up to speed. He's, yeah. he's only in his early 20s. He's been playing in a French competition, which is super different to a, a, you know the faster nature of Super Rugby. Uh, and they still do have hybrid kind of locks otherwise with Jed Holloway, Ned Hannigan, um, a couple of other players that I think I think we'll see Lockie Swinton have a good season. Charlie Gamble, he's a guy that we've had big raps on in the past. Yeah. He needs to make a statement because he was injured last year, playing injured with his shoulder, uh, but he was playing out of position with Michael Hooper being there, and, and I just don't think he was working as a six or an eight. He, he's a seven. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the type five, they've got to roll up their sleeves and they've got to deliver a message, and they've really got to play for their coach, Darren Coleman, in the first month, and we'll probably get an indication of where they're at in terms of that very, very soon. Yeah, all the players you speak to them just about to a man, and they're entirely... Uh, right behind Darren Cole, and they they love what he's done there in the last couple of years, and, and certainly things didn't track too well last year. But as you mentioned, uh, Angus Bell, that first game, that injury was a hammer blow last year. Um, we saw how valuable he was at Test level coming back. So imagine what a fully fit Angus Bell can do at Super Rugby level. You got Max Jorgensen um, finally made his return on the weekend. Um, 
you know, with everything going on around the NRL, uh, interesting comments from him the other week saying that, you know, for now it's it, rugby's the place where he wants to be. So that's a real shot of confidence for the game uh, from a broader perspective. But um, how does he kick on from last year? Because he looked like a, a player that had sort of had three or four Super Rugby seasons under the belt rather than just one. And, and you can expect that he'll only go up again from there this year so um but as you said uh massive game first up in, in brisbane and, and equally you know if you're in queensland this weekend um southeast queensland get along and, and check that out because uh you know it's the blue ribbon fixture in australian rugby it's the oldest one going around so um get out there and, and hopefully cheer on your reds if you're a local or traveling in a state of the waratahs and and what will be a hopefully a good game yeah i'm looking forward to covering it and there's lots of uh, once again, we find ourselves in a position where, and this is the same case in New Zealand, but it's a new international coach, Joe Schmidt. It's an opportunity to impress him, to make a statement. We know that positions are up for grabs and there's so much meaning behind them now because it's a Lions series. If you can get first crack or second crack, or if, if you're a youngster and put yourself in the frame, uh, there is a lot to look forward to from an international perspective uh, over the next 12 to 18 months for the Wallabies. So, yeah, I'm excited. I think there'll be some really good games. I think the match that uh, that's a that's a quality game to look forward to. The Rebels and the Brumbies. Uh, sorry, the Rebels and and yeah, the Brumbies. It's actually for the first time in a long time. There's there's Australian games where I think you can get excited about, yep. which is nice. It probably shows that the age profile has gone up a notch um, by managing to to keep hold of players. But the game which I think is a bit of a litmus test is the Forks Hurricanes. I think at the moment, the Hurricanes are 10-point favourites. I don't know if it's as high as that to begin with, but if the Force could do a number on the Hurricanes, then that would be a huge, uh, huge moment for Super Rugby to get a, a you know the monkey off the back straight away, but also just announce yourself to, to, to New Zealand Rugby uh, and the Super Rugby competition at large. Yeah, storylines galore uh, this weekend. Uh, probably has taken a little bit to get motivated and get interested in, in going around again. But um, yes, uh, certainly looking forward to tuning in this weekend and uh, and watching those games, as we mentioned. Um, can't wait. Uh, all right, mate, that's a wrap for week one. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting a glass of wine in. Uh, mate, it's, past eight. And... It's, yeah, well, you've had your dinner. It's I've, I'm certainly, I've still got to cook dinner here at the Bruce household, so I'm going to be popular here in a couple of minutes' time. Um, but, mate, thank you. For your time, uh, as ever, um, we'll be back again next week. As I said, probably dig a little bit deeper into the Rebel situation, review round one, and look ahead to to Super Round. And uh, in the meantime, ESPN's your place for for all the rugby that you need. Christie's work at the Raw, and uh, we'll touch base again in a week's time. Cheers. Cheers.